This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Tuesday, the 8th of November 2022. Coming up today, everyone's talking about Twitter. We're talking about the alternative, which people seem to be moving over to, which is called Mastodon. We have a full review coming up, and someone's back. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yes, it is not just me. Sean Priest is back. Yay! Hey! Hello! Oh, it's good to be back. How are you oh, doing? I missed you. Actually, you know, I'll be honest, I actually yeah. missed you. I mean, Did now you? you're back. I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, well. sick of me already. Yeah, yes. I, I've had, I mean, it's only been 50 <laughs> seconds and I'm fed up with you. But, you know, no, it's been, it's been, are you feeling all right? How are you? I'm feeling a lot better. Yes, I'm. Uh, I just slept. I slept for days and days, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. Thank you. I gotta say, thank you to Robin. Amazing. God oh, bless you, sir. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, what a guy. Uh, yep, stepping in last minute, but no, he um, he was great, and we had a really interesting couple of conversations. We did the the show all about keyboard shortcuts. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it, but oh, I heard it. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, I was I guess we wanted you to be on this because we wanted to talk about um, NVDA, but actually, what we did on that show was we talked about Windows and Mac kind of specific commands that anybody could use with a couple of you know extras chucked in. Yes, um, so I think there is definitely around two of that to come. Um, and I think we should. I think Robin should take Jaws. Um, I'll take Mac Voiceover, and you take NVDA. Okay. And well, I might. I that. might jump in and take vo- uh, Narrator as well because there's <gasps> lots. Because Narrator's wow. great. I mean, it's it's and with the new voices now and stuff. So oh, it does sound amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really, really good. So yeah, but no, listen, it's great to have you back. I'm so glad Thank you're you. back. Thank you for the tweets as well. Everyone tweeting me and, and emailing. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. At least it was quiet while you were away. Um, you know, there's been nothing happening. No, there's no, no news. No, nothing right. to talk about. <laughs> nothing changing every single day. Well, you, not even every day. Even even if we had a show that went out every hour on the hour, we still couldn't keep up with the changing news. It's crazy. Yeah, when, when Double Tap 24 becomes a thing. Um, <laughs> God bless you, Mr. F. <laughs> If if we honestly became twenty four hours, we still probably wouldn't be able to keep up. We'd be. I mean, I, honestly, we were doing our chat with Shelley Brisbane. The news was changing on an almost minute by minute basis. Yes. On, on you know, on the fact that confirmations were coming in on stories and rumours we were hearing. Uh, still no confirmation though on whether anybody in the accessibility team has actually been approached yet at Twitter to come back. Uh, but they have reached out to staff. They haven't said who, but they have been reaching out to staff. Now I'd imagine at this point. That people who are leaving, because I've I've been in touch with a lot of people over the weekend who worked in the accessibility team, uh, trying to see if they would be willing to come on and talk, and no one came back to me. And I get the impression yeah. there's probably a bit of a, you know, a gagging yeah. order on them at the minute just to be quiet. Well, maybe don't, don't not say even anything. burning your bridges quite yet, because I heard the news that it is the accessibility team as as well with other ones, human rights and things like that. The, those teams are the ones being. Uh, called back, but yet to be confirmed, right? Well, good. Uh, and I hope that's the case. I mean, you know, I, I think from my understanding of this, and, you know, it'll all come out in time, but, you know, I was saying this yesterday, and I, I don't want to sound like a defence of what Elon Musk did, but, I, you know, by all accounts, he just went through lines of code and essentially ranked all the developers on the amount of code they had written and then just basically said, right, the bottom X percent of that, get rid. And that's basically how he did it. So, 
I, I still wonder whether or not he even knew that he was sacking an entire accessibility team. I, I have a hunch he didn't. Um, I'm sorry, but you must. You, as a businessman, especially as a, a, a he does. As, he's not interested in that. I mean, let's be if you're running a, a company, there's certain certain things that you need to tick off: accessibility, human rights. There's certain legal things that you need to to hit. So to simply, you know, call everyone a swipe of a pen or a piece of code. But that's the point. I don't buy that. That's the point, though, isn't it? That he's he's kind of just done it, and I don't think he has given any consideration. I mean, it certainly hasn't given consideration to the law. That is for sure. There are many laws across. You know, I'm reading about many in the states laws, and I know in the UK and Canada, I'm sure that's the same. That that are employment laws. You just cannot go around firing people left, right, and centre in the way well, he did. Hence so, the lawsuit, right? Well, exactly. That's right, and that came out afterwards. So you know, that's that's gives you a bit of an indication into his mindset. If he was considerate of all these things, he wouldn't have done that, right? So I don't buy into this idea that he was knowledgeable of or deliberately went out to uh, get rid of the, the accessibility team. I don't buy that. I think that, and, and the proof of that will come if they go back. Now, the question is, will those staff go back? I asked that to Shelley yesterday. Will they actually go back? Because... After all that, would you really want to be part of that company? And I will say, and something else we didn't get to on yesterday's show, but I think a really important point to mention, and actually a really interesting unifying moment, was when a lot of the tech companies, Apple, Google, Amazon, I think as well, and and, and others, were putting out on Twitter, we're hiring guys, you want a job, come here. Yeah. And I thought that's yeah. brilliant, you know. Yeah. I mean, and actually, why wouldn't you want the best people? <laughs> you know, if you've got great people working in, you know, a company like Twitter who've been doing a great job, um, why wouldn't you want them to come and join your company? So I thought that was a really interesting unifying moment there. But uh, yeah. who knows? I mean, I think that certainly other tech companies, I think, will benefit from Elon Musk's decision. And then if he has to start up an accessibility company from, or accessibility team from scratch, then uh, we'll see. But um, I'm like, I remember the days when I remember you and I had the conversation years ago when we learned that to Twitter, its accessibility team was two people. And that's right. Yes. I remember, we were stunned yep. by that. That was yes. like, oh my God, how can a company? Well, now they've got none. And um, that's sad. But hopefully that does change over time. But today we're going to focus on a, a little bit of a different side of this. And that is uh, Mastodon. Now, I don't know much about Mastodon, I have signed up to it. Today, I want to learn a little bit more about how it works, what its process is. Coming up later, I'm going to be talking to Michael Doiz. Now, I actually did this conversation two days ago, so you were still unwell. Um, but I had a chat with Michael Doiz because he's just set up his own server. Techie. Yeah. And, and this is the thing about Mastodon. Or is it's it? It's different. Well, yeah, but this is different, right? Because unlike Twitter, you just sign up to an account and you're on and you just start tweeting garbage. Um, you, you have to put some effort in when you're sorry. You've seen um, my tweets. <laughs> you've seen mine. Um, I've been tweeting too much. It's funny. I've, I've tweeted more since this than I've probably ever tweeted. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I want to learn from him about how he's done it, what the process is. Uh, he's blind himself, so I want to know more about that and uh, his general thoughts on it. So we'll, we'll get to that. But we're going to kick off with uh, a. a guy who's been a regular listener to our show for a long time. He's got in touch with us today to uh, tell us about his experience because he has just joined Mastodon in the last week or so. And um, 
He wants to tell us about uh, you know, his experience and how he's gone on. So uh, his name is Gordon Anthony. He's a listener from Livingston in Scotland in the UK, and he is joining us now. Gordon, great to have you here on Double Tap. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, listen, it's great to have you on, Gordon. Uh, this is, of course, such an evolving story. And, you know, yesterday on the show, we were talking all about Twitter and we were talking all about the impact uh, of the sacking of the entire accessibility team, you know, and how that would have an impact on Twitter generally and also getting reaction to that. But today we're focusing on Mastodon and you you signed up, you're using it. Uh, and I'm guessing we're kind of keen to know a bit more about that experience. So how, first off, did you find the setup, the sign-up process? Um, not too bad initially. Um, I should say that I've only signed up last week, so I'm far from an expert. But uh, I think a lot of people who are thinking of signing up might want to benefit from what I've experienced. The initial sign-up was actually okay. I downloaded the Mastodon app on my iPhone. And I got signed in okay. I was able to create a, a short bio and so on. And I thought, this is fine. Now, I had to choose a server to join. Uh, there are lots of servers, as I think you discussed on yesterday's uh, yesterday's show. Uh, that wasn't too much of a, an issue for me. So I got signed up, and that was absolutely fine. And then I spent a few hours navigating, exploring, and struggling. The Mastodon for iOS app is pretty horrible. Um, it's there are buttons on it. Um, there's, I think you mentioned yesterday, there are boost instead of retweet and favorite instead of like. That's fine. So I would find these buttons and I'd press them, and then something else completely different would open up. Uh, um, and oh, well, what's happened here? And I'd have to go back. And then if somebody replied to one of my comments, I couldn't read the reply. Um, it was just pretty dreadful. And I, I put out a toot to that effect that I was really struggling with voiceover. And somebody suggested, a couple of people actually got in touch and said, try the MetaText app. So I'd never heard of MetaText. I initially thought it might be something to do with Facebook, and maybe it is, I don't know, but I found it on the App Store, downloaded it. It said, which server do you want to connect to? Typed in the server name, bang, straight in, no problem at all, and fully accessible. Oh, the, the difference is incredible. Wow. It reminds me a bit of the Spring app um, in that it's fairly simplistic in layout. You can do everything with a single finger swipe up or down on a, a toot. You can reply, you can boost, you can favorite, you can block, you can you, you can do all sorts of things just with the single finger swipe. And uh, I, I would say if you're on iOS, um, by all means sign up with the Mastodon app, but once you've signed up, switch to MetaText. Um, because it's way more accessible, and I've not had any problems with it at all. Wow, that's incredibly useful, there, Gordon. I, I was wondering if there was a, you know, like like the Twitter app. You have the official Twitter app, and then you have the uh, the alternatives, yeah. the third party. So I was wondering if that was the same for Mastodon. So that's yeah. good to know. It's yeah, a bit of a sh- it's a bit of a shame that the uh, you know the official app, as it yeah. were, is is yeah. a bit of a nightmare. But well, I days. signed up on it. I did sign up with it, and I, and I must admit, it, it wasn't the well, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just think it's me. You know, I just tend to think, is this, is this <laughs> no. just me? Usually um, it is. Well, I mean, another thing is you've got to be so, well, yes, you're right. But also you've got to be very sure about screen recognition and whether it's useful or not in a, in a certain application. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it makes things worse. Sometimes it just gives you the information on the button that's, you know, maybe causing you the problem. I got through okay on the sign up, but the, the bit that kind of threw me was the whole server thing. 
because I thought I didn't really understand what I was signing up to. And I've ended up signing up to basically, I said this yesterday, a group of nerds who are lovely people. But, you know, I don't have a clue what any of them are talking about. And this is where I'm kind of stuck now. I feel like I'm in this. I feel I've gone into a, a, a science classroom and I am stuck in there now with a bunch yeah. of people. And they you won't should let be in woodwork. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone into the wrong room. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's possible to move. I have no idea. You might have to create another identity. I have no idea. They, um, they say it is possible. I don't know how to do it yet, but no. they do say it is possible. You can move from one server to another. Yeah. And, you know, later we're going to be hearing from Michael Doeze and he set up his server and I kind of think that'd maybe rather be somewhere like that. Um, okay, so you got MetaText going, you've been using yeah. it. What was the experience like on there? I mean, it's, it's obviously it, early days, right? It's, yeah, it's very early. It's similar to Twitter. There's a lot of new people flooding in. Now that's causing some issues with the server. Um, quite often, I'm particularly busy times in the evening, you're getting your server error, server connection error, you know, please try again. Um, because the server, I think, is getting swamped with the you know, tens of thousands of people who are who are joining, but um, no, that's not you know that's understandable. You can, you can get past that. Uh, there's a different kind of behaviour I've found because you cannot do the equivalent of a quote tweet, and apparently that's deliberate policy. You either boost somebody's um, tweet without comment, or you reply directly to them, and I think that might help reduce confrontation. Because, you know, somebody posts something controversial on Twitter, you can quote tweet it and put your own comment on it. And, you know, that goes out to your folk and you say, oh, what an idiot this person is. But with Mastodon, you actually have to go on to them and say, you are an idiot, <laughs> which um, I suspect mm. may get you blocked. or Yeah, know, it's more direct and passive in the way that yeah. so, quote So it's a bit gentler, is my mm. initial reaction, a bit gentler than, than, than Twitter, but less hostile. And uh, the, the structure of the way they've set it up, I think, is really, really good. Um, there are no algorithms. Somebody said, you are your own algorithm. You find somebody you want to follow, you follow them, and their toots appear on your home tab. And if you decide that you don't want them, you just unfollow them and they disappear. And you control what you see on your home tab. Uh, which is really nice. You're not yeah. getting any adverts pushed at you. You're not getting this is a popular tweet pushed at you. You're only seeing the tweets that you want to see. It's much more raw in, in terms of its uh, delivery. So it's almost like what Twitter was at the very beginning, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of the way we all liked it. But, of course, it's evolved, and, and who knows what yeah. will happen with Mastodon. Although my understanding is because it is server-based and individuals host servers, you know, in theory, at least, there's certainly no way that someone could just come in and overall take over like they, they have with Twitter. Um, yeah. But it's a different different thing. I was, I've been talking a little bit on the show about, um, and we, we mentioned it yesterday with Poppy and Teresa on the show, about silos and echo chambers, which I'm often a little bit wary of, the idea of people being able to just silo themselves even further, you know, especially these days. Um you know, and, and echo chambers might be good for some people, and I know a lot of people love them, especially in the disability community. There's a lot of people who feel that an echo chamber is a positive because it's somewhere you can go, you can talk to like-minded people, you can get support. But actually, one of the joys of Twitter is that every tweet you put out is public; it goes out to the the world, and they can, you know, you can con- contribute whatever you like. They can contribute back, and everyone can have and be part of that conversation. Do you feel that's the same with Mastodon? And are you worried about that side? Um, It's a bit different, and I'm not overly worried. Um, This social bubble or echo chamber issue, I equate it to our kind of life outside of the internet. You know, in real life, in our everyday life, 
we we have friends. Well, you might. I, I don't have any friends because I'm just I a grumpy old get. Sean, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, most people have friends, and you make friends because these are like-minded people um, who view the world in a similar way to the way that you do. They have similar interests and so on, and you can have discussions with them, and they're friendly. And if you do disagree, it's still friendly and respectful. I mean, okay, sometimes you fall out with a friend, but that's maybe they weren't a friend in the first place, if that's the case. But um, and that's the way I think the home uh, timeline on Mastodon is like it's your friends. These are people that you want to talk to who have similar views and you can discuss things. If you then switch to the second timeline, and I'm talking at Metatext, there's three timelines. You go on the timelines tab, there are three. There's the home. The second one is the local uh, timeline, and that's all the people on your server. And you've clearly got something in common with them, unless you're in with a bunch of nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've got something in common, but you don't necessarily have everything in common with them. But you 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 can scroll through that. And if you find someone on there think, oh, yeah, I, I like what this person's saying. I you know, want to hear more. You simply follow them and then they then appear on your home tab. So you can, can control that. And, and I view that local tab as kind of my community. You know, I, I know people in the community. I'm not necessarily friends with them all, but I've got something in common and that we live in the same area and, uh, you know, similar things affect us. And uh, and that's the way I view that one. And then the third timeline is what they call the federated one, which is everything. It's all the stuff from all the servers, the whole world, a bit like Twitter. Um, go there if you want. Go there at your peril, I would suggest. But uh, it's, it's available if you want it as an option. And if somebody from another server sees one of your toots and makes some hostile comment, you can quite easily block them and report them. And the server moderator will then decide whether that person should be kicked out. Um, and that, to me, that, that seems quite sensible. And I, I'm quite relaxed about the, the thing. I don't mind a social bubble because to me, it's like sitting with my friends in the pub and having a chat. No yeah. follows. But it could be said, though. I mean, you can do the same thing with Twitter, right? You could create your own uh, lists of your friends, and you, yeah. you can you can block people, you can mute people, you can yeah. You know, so you don't have to see every tweet. Indeed, just, I, and I, I do, which is why I don't often get the same hostility that Stephen gets because he's a much more public figure than I am. So. <laughs> I get so much hostility; it's horrible. Well, yeah, but I mean, it does take some some time to <laughs> understandably. It does take some time to customize Twitter, though, to get it how you want it, right? Yes. Whereas with Mastodon, it sort of gives you that, I'm going to say safe space. So that's, that's, that, that term has been vilified. I don't think there's anything wrong with a safe space, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it gives you that sort of that, that safe environment to start with. So, uh, yeah, it sounds interesting. I'm definitely going to try this out. Yeah, I, was, I was slightly dismissive, I'll be honest, because, you know, like WhatsApp, when WhatsApp announced, you know, that if you're a business user, the uh, Meta are going to take that information and use it. And everyone's saying, right, that's it, I'm moving, I'm going to Telegram or Telegraph yeah. or whatever the hell it was. And it, you know, it ended up that no one moved at all. It was absolutely fine. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's the same with this. Maybe it's early days, but um, i I got to say, I'm intrigued by Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is very early days. And of course, at the moment, um, if you want information, and I know on Twitter, you can get information from news outlets like, you know, you can get yeah, BBC, you know, the, the yeah. Guardian, the Times, the, the whatever. You won't get that on Mastodon. It's all at the moment, it's individuals. Yeah. Uh, I think I've seen one newspaper announce that they were there. Mm. Um, well, what were the numbers? The numbers, I, the last numbers I read, and it's changing all the time. The yeah. last, the, the last numbers I read was nine hundred thousand or something. You know, that, that, and 
300,000 in the last few days have signed up. Um, but still, when you compare that to something like Twitter and other social platforms, you know, that's that's not huge numbers. But as we keep saying, early days. Yeah. 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 It's, it's what, and you can keep your community small if you want. You know, just only follow a few people if you yeah. want to. You yeah. know, it, it, it's your choice. And that's what I do like about it. And, and you're not getting bombarded with things that you really don't have much interest in. Gordon, really interesting to talk to you on it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts on Mastodon. My pleasure. Thanks very much for inviting me. Thanks, Gordon. Cheers. Just really great, Sean, to get some perspective on how that app works from Gordon there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's like anything new. I'm always a bit wary about, oh, okay, how accessible is it and which app should I get for the best experience? So it's great that Gordon's done all the work for me there. Thank you, Gordon. I <laughs> yeah. love that. I love that listeners do all the work and we just uh, reap the rewards. I love it. <laughs> no, it's good to know. I'm definitely going to try it, right? Why not? And could we do a, a double tap server? Uh, would oh, there be any any no, point to doing that? To I'm do. interested. Come on. No, you well, you can you can handle all that. I have, I have oh, no, no interest in that whatsoever. You can handle that. You know what? Let's find out about how the server whole that, that whole setting up of a server thing works. Coming up next, Michael Doise joins me to tell me all about the experience he's had of setting up a Mastodon server and his own experience of using Mastodon as a blind man. That's coming up next on Double Tap. Listen daily from noon Eastern on AMI-audio or search for Double Tap in your favorite app. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And uh, we're talking now all about Mastodon with Thomas Doyes. Now, he's a software developer. He's a tech enthusiast. He's the guy who is behind the app way around. We'll be getting him back on soon to talk about that, no doubt. But uh, before we get into all those things, let's talk about Mastodon. Uh, Michael, it is great to have you here on Double Tap. Thank you so much for joining me. Sure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great to be here. You know, it's really an interesting time. Of course, many people talking on uh, social media generally about moving away from uh, Twitter, funnily enough, <laughs> on the Twitter platform, loads of people talking about getting away. And um, I, I kind of wanted to get your take on it because you've set up a Mastodon server. And um, I'm really intrigued just to sort of get into your brain a little bit to learn more about this platform, what you know about it, uh, and the process of mm -hmm. setting up a server, getting involved in it, you know, all the things that, that's going on at the minute, because you seem to be ahead of the game here in some respects. So tell me first off, if you can, tell me what you know so far about Mastodon as a platform. Sure. So Mastodon is a platform. It's been around. I've been seeing about it since 2017. And Mastodon is an open source platform that it's called a federated social media network. And uh, basically, it works similar to Reddit's subreddits, but um, similar but different, um, where each instance is a community. So you could have mastodon.social, which is kind of the main hub of uh, Mastodon, where you know most people join. Then you have, I think, mastodon.tech is one. I think they may be shutting down. And you have all these other different instances that you can join and sign up. And um, each of these instances, just like subreddits, have their own rules of what can what you can talk about. Um, you know, you can be you know it can be a technology server, it could be a just a um, hobbyist photography server, it could be anything that the creator wants it to be. 
And so, and technically, you if you had the knowledge, you could create your own server on a on a small computer and call it uh, Michael's World or whatever you want to call it. And uh, you just link that to a website and you could have a server of one. But the neat thing about these servers is they can reach out and talk to other servers. So you could go and follow me at Mike Doeys at iaccessibility.social and you would get all of my content. And then, um, then I could follow somebody um, like um, uh, yesterday, I think it was, I'm getting my days confused because this has happened so quickly. Um, I followed uh, Jonathan Mosen on uh, uh, where he is at uh, mastodon.nz. And so it's very interesting, you know, how you can link up with people on different servers if you've created your own, or even if you haven't created your own, you can still find people on those other places, even though they're not on your server. So the, the, the fact that uh, you've created your own server or, you know, you're on a server doesn't mean you're locked into those people, which I think is really a, a very neat way of decentralizing social media. One way it was described to me as think of it like a school. See if this makes sense to you. Think of it like a school, but you have lots of different classrooms. You pick your classroom, but that doesn't stop you talking to any pupil in any other classroom. But you do have to pick a classroom to be in. Is that is that a fair way of, that's a of good, looking at it? That's a good reference. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it uh, because it's it's kind of provisioned off into you know, a math class, you know, you're, you're in a math class, but you could talk to somebody that's in the, uh, the um, history class and uh, share ideas. And so it's, a, that's a very good comparison. But you don't have to create a server to use it, do you? I mean, I know you have, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And there's good reason to discuss this, but you don't actually have to do that. You can join Mastodon as a user like me, for example, I, I signed up to Mastodon and I chose my server. I don't actually know what I picked, to be perfectly honest. And, and to the sounds of it, I wish I probably hadn't because the content in there is just way beyond me. I think it's just a bunch of geeks. Lovely people, I'm sure, but <laughs> total geeks. And um, I'm realizing this is a platform for people who, you know, are maybe on a different level technically than I am at the moment. Um, but, you know, basically you pick your server and once you've got in there, you can then potentially meet other people like you say, and you've been meeting people already. Um, what's the experience like from the accessibility point of view? I mean, how accessible is it compared to, to all of the apps we know and love for Twitter, say? That's a great question, because I've been doing a lot of testing on that in the last day. And so the first thing I did was I, I uploaded an image and gave it alt text. Uh, the iOS Mastodon app would read the alt text, but only if I was viewing the image. So if I'm going through my timeline, it didn't read the alt text, but other clients do. So it's interesting because, uh, you know, Twitter has third party clients. Well, for however long we don't know. Um, but Mastodon also has third party clients because it's open source. Any app can, can be a Mastodon client if they build it to do that. And, so meta text is another one of these apps and uh um you know one of the the action of sending a um a post on mastodon is called a toot instead of a tweet and i like that um, I, so I think that's something cute about too. that i'm sending my toot right yeah. now I actually i know i say that that sounds right. wrong but yes maybe it's my <laughs> accent i don't know <laughs> 
but yes, it, it, you can, you can send those, uh, but when you, um, but on those other apps, um, and the other one that I've used is called Toot. Uh, so uh, I've used uh, MetaText, Toot, and um, the Mastodon app. Another app I heard about on Android is called Tusky, I believe. I have not tried that one yet. Uh, but all of them, uh, all of the iOS apps I've tried have been very accessible, and I've been very pleased with that. I even tried creating a poll last night on my server, and people were able to vote in the poll. They were able to see results and um, just a fantastic experience. So um, the one thing that I did see, and I don't know if it's related to the server or just traffic or whatnot, somebody uploaded an audio file and the main Mastodon app didn't see it, but the other apps did. So I think that's very interesting as well. So I guess what I'm trying to kind of get my head around here is how this all works. So per server, how much control do you have? And, and let me try and maybe frame this in a way that might help us all gather, because I think we're all coming to this at the same time here, which is kind of cool about this as well, right? That we're all kind of learning our way with this at the same time. Um, although people who have been on Mastodon for a long time are probably thinking, hang on a minute, we've been here for years. You just come to, to notice this right. thing. Um, but, you know, for, for people like myself, this is very new. I think of it just the way people describe it as almost like a, a franchise. So let's say a McDonald's or a KFC mm -hmm. or whatever, right? You buy into the franchise. That's the server. Uh, so you've got your, mm -hmm. your McDonald's branch or your McDonald's store. Uh, so the burgers taste the same, you know, the chicken tastes the same, the, you know, the fries taste a certain way. They all, essentially, it's all the same. It's the same logo. It's the same everything else. So what I'm getting at is when you say alt text is read on, say, the image um, that you're viewing rather than on the post itself, is that Mastodon wide? Is that just part of essentially the core of what Mastodon is? Or do you have any actual control over that? Well, it's always based on if the person themselves, if the poster, uh, if the one tooting, <laughs> I guess, um, puts up a, a, uh, a post, they have the choice to put alt text or not. Yeah. And it's one of those things with that, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm talking about the sort of behind the not. scenes. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. talking about behind the scenes though. So, so for example, you said that the, let's say that the image does have alt text. Would mm -hmm. it be the case that on your server, it will be the same experience versus someone who's connecting to someone on a different server? I guess that's my point is that is the experience uniform or is it different depending on who you're connecting to? That's a great question. As If it's a cookie cutter Mastodon server, it will be the exact same experience. Now, because it's open source, I could go in and make all kinds of changes to the Mastodon source. Interesting. Um, and, and, and then make, make it do whatever I wanted it to do. Now, that would break support in pretty much every app available to work with Mastodon, so it's not recommended. Uh, but as far as I've seen and that I know, um, if, if the experience works one way on one server, it's going to work the same way on another. Right. So I think I prefer your version of, of that, which is cookie cutter version. I think that's the right way to look at this, right? It is all cut from the same cloth, all cut from the same... <laughs> how many me metaphors can I mix together? Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's important for people to understand that there is a, 
a sort of uniformity, but there's also an independent server aspect to this because a lot of people are going to be very confused by this. I think a lot of us have got so used to Twitter or Facebook or whatever it might be, just being that one thing, that one place you go to. Right. And that's not what Mastodon is. Now, in your mind, does that make it a good Twitter alternative? Or do you think we should look at this differently? I think it's a good Twitter alternative because it gives you the ability to uh, be yourself and to, you know, if you want to be in a, just a, a quiet little community where the, a quite a quiet gated community where nobody is let in, you could do that. Or if you wanted to be in a big city like Chicago or Houston or, you know, um, any, any place else in the world. Um, I, I live in the U S so those are the kind of references that I have. Um, <laughs> you can, you can do that, right? You can, you can make it as a small, uh, little place that you want. And, you know, um, for reference, there's a place in Houston called the Woodlands. It's in outside of the Houston area and it's a gated community, but it's kind of the, <clears throat> a very private area, but it's a lot of people live there. They have shops and it's, uh, they have their own rules. No, no, uh, they have very few street signs and, and, uh, signs on the roads. So it's rules. It, it's, you could kind of compare it to that. Like the, it's a subdivision in outside of Houston that has their own way of doing things where, Mastodon is kind of the same way. You know, if somebody creates a server and they say, this needs to be quiet, no judgmental posts, no, you know, um, you know, you need to use alt text or your image will be taken down. You could do that. Uh, and I actually didn't think about that. I might add that to the rules of my servers. Uh, <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> um, but do, do you know you what know, that sounds that like be... to me, Michael? That sounds like the metaverse to me. This is how I've imagined the metaverse to become. That essentially it is a world in itself, but you can choose to be in, in like in the real world, you can choose to be any certain place. So I may choose to live in this city, or I might choose to live rural, or I might choose to live in a place of complete isolation with only select friends. That's very much the view, I think, of what the metaverse could become, if it isn't already in some people's minds. Um, and it seems that that is what Mastodon could be as well. But that's not what Twitter is, is it? Twitter is the public right. town square, as Elon Musk keeps telling us. It's the town square. It's where everybody meets. And some people like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And and you can, you know, uh, I, I think it's more of a community base. And, and yes, it's, it is not the town square. Um, Mastodon is not going to be the, your, your town square. But when you start following people and you're looking at your timeline anyway on Twitter, I mean, yes, anybody can search and read your tweets uh, on Twitter. That is not the case on Mastodon uh, that I'm aware of. I don't think when you do a search that it goes out looking for other servers. Now, if uh, in, in saying that, though, if you do connect to other servers, uh, they call it federated. Um, if your server is connected to other servers, then they're linked. So topics talked about on one can spill over to the other and vice versa. Um, so I believe there's ways that, uh, you know, you can talk about topics and hashtags. And yes, hashtags do work um, on Mastodon. Yeah, there was uh, there a bit is, of debate around uh, that, wasn't some, there? Some of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, hashtags do work. And in fact, it's interesting as a community leader on mine, um, the server sent me a Please approve these trends, kind of like Twitter has trends. Uh, so like our, our trending hashtag was introduction or introductions. 
Um, so it's interesting that you have to approve those trends as a community owner. So I thought that was very interesting. Now, to geek out a little bit on the server side, um, I mean, I know my first question should be to talk about the accessibility process, but I'm not really interested in that. What I'm interested in is what, well, I'm interested in it, but what I'm more interested in at the moment, I think, is what that means. Do you have a physical computer sitting in your home that is essentially, in quotes, the Mastodon server? Or is that something in the cloud? What is the server? So I was doing a lot of research on this and there's several ways you can host a server. So yes, one, you could have a, a server at your home running Linux. Um, even a Raspberry Pi apparently can run Mastodon. I don't know how much, uh, how big your, your instance can be doing that. I don't think it would run very well. Like maybe for one to five people may run, but uh, it's not going to do that great. Uh, so you would need something in the cloud. Um, and if you do have a computer at home, if your internet goes out or if you have some problem, then nobody's going to be able to get to your server if they've signed up. So that's not going to be very effective. So your your best bet is to go out and get, um, if you want to self-host, is to get um, DigitalOcean has a one-click install of Mastodon or you know, any of these virtual private server hosting places, Bluehost, uh, DigitalOcean, um, you know, there's there's a lot of them out there where you can get them or, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute, but you can uh, um, do uh, Mastodon hosting. There are services out there that will do that. Right. Okay. So you don't have to have the server. You can, you can um, I'm thinking WordPress style kind of approach to it right. so you're not hosting a, a website exactly. on your own computer yeah um what mm -hmm. about accessibility then so how did you find the process setting it all up so um it's interesting so if you're setting up um a instance from scratch you're going to be using the command line which is a very geeky techie process. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. And it walks you through a, <laughs> <laughs> um, it walks you through uh, a installation wizard over SSH, which is secure shell. Um, and then you have to set up a lot of domain things and set up a lot of other technical things. And so it's not going to be for the faint at heart. Um, but the the nice thing is and I didn't check the accessibility of doing it this way. I was just trying, I had already tried to set it up on DigitalOcean, failed. And so my instance, I set up at, um, uh, at a um, uh, Mastodon hosting provider. Right. Okay. But I, yeah, so, so but I, I, well, from my understanding, at least, and I know nothing about any of this, but from what I've read from people who do know, um, the, the approach you're talking about even though it's quite a complicated process and you do need to be of that mindset to do it and, and have that capability to do it, it is a fairly accessible process, right? Because you're going through command line. Yes, yes. It's all text-based, right, mm -hmm. okay. Um, so right. I, I guess there are um, a lot of questions around running a server, right? Because if we're all mini Elon Musks, mini Musks running around with our, <laughs> with our own servers, um, <laughs> then we're kind of in charge of content, are we? We're in charge of content. We're in charge of what people are doing. I mean, you're saying there are rules on your server. 
if someone breaks those rules, you are in, in charge of dealing with it. And actually, if you were someone of um, a particularly mischievous mind, you could just cut people out of Mastodon completely if you wanted to, because you have that power, right? You're, they're on your server. That's correct. You are chief moderator. You are the one that's over all of that. You can you can add people to do that with you if you need moderation staff. But I want to tell people that that that's not out of the normal. Um, if you have a WhatsApp group, if you have a group on Facebook, if you have a group in different places, it's the same concept there. You have you are in charge of making sure the conversation stays on track and that um, uh, bad actors don't get in and start making things bad for your viewers. Or if one person just acts out, you know, you got to put them back in line. You have to do that on Mastodon as well. But you do have the power to say, I don't like your views. You're gone. So, you know, the the person hosting the server, uh, you know, you you hope that they have the same views that you do when you start posting, because otherwise, they can boot you off. They can give you warnings or boot you off however you, they want to do it. And uh, so you just want to make sure that you, uh, when you join a server, that you are in the right community that you want to be in. Which does make it interesting. Again, if we go back to the point of people leaving Twitter because of fear of what is being said, and, and many people are leaving for a lot of different reasons, uh, some people, mm -hmm. you know, especially in our community, are concerned about the fact that the accessibility team have been wiped out at Twitter, and that is a major concern. And a lot of people don't want to support that kind of organization. Some people don't want involved in any kind of hate speech or, um, you know, horrible things being said and being allowed to be said in the platform. So there's lots of reasons why people want to leave. Um, but do we then, as a result, if we go to something like Mastodon, do we just create a bunch of silos and a bunch of echo chambers for, frankly, all kinds of views. Right. And I, I think that that's the case is, you know, we can have the servers for the for echo chambers. And, you know, but I think that's a good thing because people can be where they're most comfortable and not feel like they're going to get trolled. And if they do feel like they're going to get trolled, they can take uh, their social graph, they call it, and move it to a new server. You could just take yourself and say, I don't like being here. I'm going to go somewhere else. Goodbye. Like moving house. And I think that, right. Back, or back to, back to your city to analogy. Or, yeah, or a different classroom. Yeah, right. back to your city analogy. You, right. you know, we could just move home. If we don't like our neighbors, we can, right. we can move. Exactly. Exactly. So, the, and that's what I think the power of Mastodon is. I can't move my Facebook account to Twitter, right? I can't move my Twitter account to um, uh, Reddit. But with Mastodon, I can move my Mastodon account from, uh, you know, if I had it at mastodon.tech, I can move it over to iaccessibility.social or to any, uh, you know, uh, any server I wanted to. Isn't it interesting, though, because, I mean, obviously, when, when people come and listen to my show, they, they want to hear about the tech, and that's obviously what we're focused on here. But there's no getting away from the fact that things have changed massively. I mean, look, for a start, this show is daily. A tech show is daily. How is that possible? Well, it's mm -hmm. possible because there is so much a, to talk about, but also because 
Technology has become an integral part of our lives and actually has real-world impact on our lives. Things have changed massively, right? I mean, it's not a case of it's just a gadget anymore. It's just a gizmo. Oh, look, a colour detector. You know, it's way, way more than that. Everything has, and certainly when it comes to social media, has profound impact on our lives. Now, I, and I'm, I, I don't know about you, Michael, but my generation, when I was growing up, we didn't have any of this stuff. Uh, you know, it was all, you know, coming in way after I left school. And, you know, I, I was, you know, not going through all this, or, you know, experience that kids do today of, you know, living in this world where social media is just part of their lives. It's an ever-present reality for them. For us, I think we can turn off a little bit from it. We can walk away from it if we want to. We have that privilege to some degree, I would think, because of the fact that we didn't grow up with it. We can move away from it. But there's no doubt that this has a profound impact on people. And the platforms that are available to us matter. And I guess this is where what Elon Musk has done with buying Twitter has really tossed everything up in the air. I mean, we really are getting to the point now where people are, are going to decide on how they want to communicate with the world based on his buying this company. Simple as that. I mean, how people communicate. That's the, that's the, the fundamental point here, isn't it? That you know, he has bought this company and people are thinking who, who want to, you know, spout hate speech. Great. I've got a place to go. Um, and that's going to have a real impact on people, on communities like blind and, and disabled people, frankly, who have spent years building up following, building up communities. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be displaced by this. Yes. And. But, you know, the biggest thing is that the, what I tell people is go try to be where people are, because we're, we're going to enter a time where we're in decentralized social media, whether it's Mastodon, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, and people may not be everywhere. So if you want to connect with your following, with the people that matter to you, put yourself wherever you can. And I think that's what's important is. Um, is being where the people are. And that, that's the way I'm viewing it. I'll, I'll stay on Twitter. But the one thing that the only concern that I have with Mastodon is finding people. You know, um, if you don't know what server they're on, I can know they're at username. But if I don't know what server they're on, then I can't find that person. You know, if I don't get it from, you know, somewhere else, I won't know where to find them. Like, I can look at a server directory and see who's there on Mastodon. That is a thing. But if I don't know where somebody is living, and I guess it's kind of in the real world too, if you think about that, it's a very good comparison. Because if you don't know where somebody lives, you can't find them. But on Twitter, if you know anything about them, you could just search for something they've said and, oh, hey, I, I know where they live now. You know, I think that's mm. very interesting to think about. Scary for some. <laughs> but then is it any more scary right. than, than being online anyway, right? I mean, you know, if we can be found exactly. easily on social media, then really it's we were probably better off on something like this. I, I just want to ask you finally, Michael, is there any other alternatives out there that you know of? Because I, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot over the past few days. Is there any other social media platform with the exception of Facebook? I think we've all seemed to discount Facebook. <laughs> Don't know why, but we've all just decided Facebook isn't it. Is there anything else like Twitter that's out there? Or do you think that that it's maybe time that someone else comes along and, and does create 
because I'll tell you right now is the opportunity. If, if, if someone wants to create a new social network, this is the moment, right? You know, I know that uh, what a lot of people are interested in is what uh, the creator of Twitter is is trying to build, uh, Blue Sky, which is another, um, it's kind of, it's similar to Mastodon, but it's going to be um, similar to Twitter, I think. So that's kind of coming into the space. Um, you know, of course, there's old social networks. Uh, you know, a lot of people will be moving over to, uh, I'm sure, Tumblr. People will be moving over to, uh, you know, a lot of people use YouTube and uh, uh, TikTok that are young as their social media platform. So, you know, they're they're immune from a lot of this because they use these other methodologies. So I think it's really just... Uh, you know, go where you feel like you belong and where you can make the most impact. You know, I always recommend Facebook as this is the app you use to keep in touch with your family and, and you know, those people that you've known, you know, forever. But it just depends on the use case. And I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear because Twitter made it easy, right? It, Twitter made it easy just to say, I have a user account. I am available to the world. But I don't think anything has yet to capture that magic or, you know, anything. I don't know that anything will for a while. So I'm hoping that uh, the users can can keep Twitter alive. But I understand why people want to look at other alternatives uh, as well. Remind us where you are a Mastodon if people want to find you, Michael. So my current account is uh, Mike Doeys at iaccessibility.social. So that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at the word, uh, the letter I and then the word accessibility.social. I'm looking at setting up a few other instances as well. So uh, I may be found on those, but uh, that's my current address. And I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter as well. Michael, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time and uh, really just just explaining all of this to us because it just feels i imagine for many people right now just like something completely foreign and we're going to have to get our heads around it if we want to use it i mean i will also just finish by saying not everybody will and not everybody can so that's another consideration isn't it that not everyone can make mm -hmm. the move to another social platform and may not want to but the option is there right that's for sure and before we wrap this up, I do want to share the, the hosting provider that I've found that is the cheapest if you want to set up an instance, because we didn't go into that, uh, is Masto, M-A-S-T-O dot host. And they will charge as little as $5 a month for an instance, and they can go up to over 100 in US dollars. So they have a lot of options. Brilliant. Michael, thanks so much for coming on. No problem. So tell us your thoughts on Mastodon. Have you tried it out? What's your experience? And uh, have you found an application that you like to use that you find most accessible? Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also call 1-877-803-4567. We're back tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. 
Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.